you know, we're one of the best academies in the world, if not the best academy in the world with one of the most renowned coaches in the world and one of the most, the most successful junior coach in the world, Gary, it's, you know, we, we, we set the bar very high and we're going to, we're going to keep the standard very high. And the kids, you know, the kids know that from day one. Hello, and welcome back to Making the Turn. I'm your host, Vince Drahman. Today we've got episode four for you guys, A Day in the Life at a Golf Academy with Matt Walton. Matt is the lead golf coach at Gary Gilchrist Golf Academy near Orlando, Florida. Over the past two years, Matt has coached players to more than 15 top three finishes on junior tours across the world. His players have also collected two wins during this time, including at the AJGA level. Matt coaches players from Asia, North and South America, and Europe. As a player, Matt competed in four collegiate national championships, was named a junior college All-American in 2011, collected one collegiate victory during his career, and played professionally as a club professional across the Midwest. Really excited to get into our talk with Matt today. He talks a lot about what a day in the life at the Gary Gilchrist Golf Academy looks like, how Gary Gilchrist Golf Academy handles the team approach to game improvement, he talks specifically about his coaching style and some of his beliefs as a holistic golf coach. We also talk a lot about Matt's involvement in the college recruiting process and some of his advice for players who are hoping to play golf at the next level. Can't wait to get into this episode, so we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. Here's episode four of Making the Turn, a day in the life at a golf academy. Hats forward, headphones on, let's go! Uh, joined today by Matt Walton. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Matt. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Of course, of course. Really excited to be able to get into the, some of the stuff that you do as a teacher, uh, as an instructor at the Gary Gilchrist Academy. So why don't you start by just kind of introducing yourself, telling everyone a, a little bit about yourself and, and some of your background in the game of golf. Yeah, of course. Um, originally from Lytham St. Anne's, England, which is typically known for uh, Royal Lytham, which is one of the Open Championship courses. Uh, moved to the States in 2009 to pursue a, a career in college athletics, college golf. Uh, come and get my education, um, graduated in 2013 from the University of the Cumberlands and was able to play four years of, of college athletics there, uh, two years at Renlake, two years at UC with, with Vince there for, for a year or so. Um, after that, I, after graduating, I went to become the assistant professional at the Legends Golf Club, which is in uh, the south side of Indianapolis for Ted Bishop, who was at the time, he was the vice president of the PJ of America. Um, Worked for him for, for two years or so, um, and then transitioned more into coaching and, and instruction, where I ran a, a small golf performance academy, along with a few other people in terms of golf fitness and function and, and golf instruction. So it was kind of a, a big team environment there on the north side of Indianapolis, and then sort of 18 months ago, transitioned down here into, into Orlando, coaching at the, uh, the Gilchrist Academy. So it's been, it's been a, an exciting sort of five, six years for me after graduating and um you know golf for me is is more of a lifestyle than it is than anything else so i'm, I'm extremely humbled and, and blessed to be a part of golf yeah definitely i think that's one of the coolest parts about uh, a lot of the people that we get a chance to interact with and uh, just in our kind of daily lives is this game has really brought about a lot of opportunities for so many different people and it's so cool to to be able to see that and to have people be able to share their experiences on platforms like this yeah um, absolutely 
go ahead and talk just a little bit about how you kind of came into working at the academy. Obviously, you were teaching and instructing in Indianapolis and then all of a sudden make a big move down to Florida to a place that's very well known and a pretty big job. So talk about how that process kind of went for you, how it all came about. Yeah, well, it was just a, it was just an opportunity that kind of came across my desk at the time when I was in Indianapolis and something that, um, you know, for me, coaching is a little bit more of a holistic approach to the game. You're trying to, rather than just being an instructor where a lot of the time in Indianapolis, I spent a lot of time on full swing. For me, the ultimate goal one day is to become a college golf coach. So that means I really have to embrace every aspect of a player from mentality to emotions to technique to, you know, sometimes even personal life. You need to be there for, for the players. So being able to have the opportunity to be a coach at the, at the Gilchrist Academy and work with players from all over the world, that was something that really kind of spoke to me because there you can, you can really start to make a difference to people and you can really start to influence them in a very positive way through the game of golf whether whether golf becomes uh, a profession for them or if it is just simply a, a hobby and they go to school and then they you know use golf for, for business just you know using golf there and, and coaching people to to better themselves and better their their life skills and to become successful in life that to me was kind of the thing that really spoke to me about moving to the Gilchrist Academy because you get to work with you know for us we work with work with 13 year olds all the way through to 18 year olds um, so you know it's a very crucial part of their lives and enabling them to, to to develop through through the game of golf is for me was something that really spoke to me about that position at the Gilchrist Academy. Yeah that's awesome um, and obviously we want to get into a little bit of what kind of a day in the life looks like for some of those students but why don't you just start by giving us kind of a, a brief overview of the academy kind of how it's set up how many players are there how big the staff is um, and then kind of how your role is as well are you working with specific group of kids for the whole entire time they're there or are you instructing all the kids at different times how does how is everything kind of set up down there yeah um, well first of all we have about 50 to 55 kids um, the major, all of those are pretty much full-time players so basically what that looks like for them just to kind of a day what their daily life would be would they would go to Montverde Academy start class at 8 a.m. So they get their education as they progress. Um, class from basically 8 to 12, 12.15, grab lunch, get to the golf course by about 1.15. Uh, training starts promptly at 1.30. And then basically we then train from 1.30 to 5.30, uh, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, we give them the option to, to go off-site and play golf to different golf courses around the Orlando area or they can practice on the Saturday and Sunday mornings if they feel like they need to. Um, if that's the case, if there isn't a tournament, but typically tournaments would be on the weekends. So for the players that do compete in the, in the competitions, that's when we would travel to. The majority of them are done within central Florida, but sometimes, you know, we do have to, to kind of, you know, go out of state and, and travel a little bit. You know, back in November of 2018, I took a group of six players down to Columbia, which was, which was good. And, it's a great experience for myself and, and for the other kids as well. So um, we typically have a, we have a coaching staff of about 10 to 12. Um, so we've got a, you know, we've got a great team around us. And then we have some of our office administrators that work in, you know, kind of do a lot of behind the scenes paperwork, which is, you know, very important because without each other, none of us would be very functional. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great team effort really at the end of the day, because it's, you know, we, we both rely on each other and, you know, it's, uh, it's 
really important just to the success of the students and, and obviously the academy. So, yeah, for sure. Um, talk to me a little bit about, let's kind of get into uh, what happens when you get a new student, how that process kind of works, what it looks like, obviously, um, and then how often that happens as well. I don't know if you guys are like accepting people at each semester or if people are coming in kind of on a flowing basis. And then when you get a new student, especially from your perspective as a coach, uh, what that looks like trying to get to know them and get to know their game. Yeah, well, um, typically new students will come in the start of spring semester, which is typically the first couple of weeks in January. And then again, uh, towards the end of August for the, for the start of fall. Um, typically a process for us is we'll do an assessment week. So we run each student, every student will go through track man combine. Uh, we put them through body track just to kind of get an idea of, of how their body moves. We put them through KVEST to understand their sequencing. Um, they also go through a personality tests. So they fill out X, you know, certain different um, like criteria on a, on, a, on a form and it kind of prints us out a report of how that player is going to react in certain situations, where they're going to be most comfortable, where they may be uncomfortable. And therefore, you know, as a coach, for me, if I've got eight players, I need to know what personality I'm trying to deal with because the message is going to be different from somebody that's very dominant to be somebody that's very conscientious. I have to, I have to tailor what I'm trying to say to that student, you know, to, to obviously get through and, and, and progress for them to progress and, and further develop their game. It's, you know, it's a very intricate part and the assessment week is always very, very important because it is, it's a, it's a matter of trying to connect with the students and make sure they feel comfortable because the first week and the first couple of weeks really are very overwhelming. It's not, it's not an easy process. You know, they've gone from typically from, you know, away from their comfort zone, their, their, their home country, their home club, their friends to a, a new environment, which is, you know, it's, it's competitive. It's, it's, and it's not easy. And, you know, we set high expectations and high standards. Just it's, you know, we're one of the best academies in the world, if not the best academy in the world with one of the most renowned coaches in the world and one of the most, the most successful junior coach in the world, Gary. It's, you know, we, we, we set the bar very high and we're going we're gonna to keep the standard very high. And the kids, you know, the kids know that from day one. And it's important that we hold them accountable to that each day. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, including that personality test in the assessment is something that, that I've never heard of before, but it definitely makes a lot of sense. It gives you that information up front um, instead of having to kind of take a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months with some students to, to get a feel for how they best react. You have that information right in front of you from the beginning. And so that's really cool to, to be able to bring that into the everyday assessments that you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked about kind of the team of coaches that you guys have built uh, from your perspective as a coach. One of the things we talk about a lot on the channel is making sure that as a player, you build yourself a team around you of people who are going to help you reach that next level coaches who are able to work together and build you towards those goals and everything that you do. So talk about, you talked about your view as a holistic coach as well, but talk about how that team environment works at Gary Gilchrist, how much, interaction you have with the fitness side of things and the mental side of things and how you're able to really develop a plan that makes sense in every aspect that the student's going through. Yeah. Well, every player that comes through the academy gets a development plan. So we assess each part of their game. So from full swing to putting to bunker play to uh, chipping, pitching, um, as, a, as a coach, 
that's my duty to, to develop that plan. Then we have a fitness development, uh, fitness performance coach who then develops a plan and they run them through a fitness assessment. That's also part of the assessment week. So we find out areas that they're strong in, uh, function in terms of function, what they're, what they're capable of and what, where they may be struggling, where, where, where there's room for improvement. And then we also have a mental performance coach who, who really works with them in terms of their behavior, their, their outlook, their self-talk, their body language and, and breathing, you know, all very important parts. So to answer your question every day, I'm interacting with my mental performance coach and my fitness coach every single day. And if I'm not, then I'm not doing my job properly, you know, yeah. because you know, we, we spend a lot of time in terms of developing the player and it's not always easy. And if I'm trying to do something in the swing and you know, if, if I'm trying and I'm not getting the result or the player is not getting the result, then I, then I'm going to go and lean on my fitness coach and say, okay, this is what I need to try and do with this player. Why, what's the struggle? You know, and typically as a coach, you can see it within a few minutes that, okay, well, it's a, it's a functional issue. It's a physical limitation. And therefore then they're going to go, you know, it might take them five minutes to work on. It could be, you know, something like trigger point just to try and release the muscle because of tension. It could be just basic spatial and, and body awareness it could be a lack of that. And, and just working with the fitness guys to be able to develop that and gain more awareness for what we're trying to do. Typically, you find they're going to work harder with that guy, with a fitness guy, and then come into the ball and just hit shots. And they're like, wow, like this is amazing. You know, and it's, it, it's kind of like a light bulb goes off because it's so, you know, it's such, a, it's such an important aspect to, to what we do and to any player. You know, if you don't have a player of uh, a group of people or coaches that are really going to support you, it's going to be hard for you to be successful. And, and every day at the, at the academy, we've got those people, you know, and if I've got somebody that maybe is struggling with uh, their self-image or trying to talk positively or trying to be realistic with their expectations, I'm going to go, yes, they're going to have a sit down with our mental performance coach. That might be in the middle of training. If they're, you know, if they're struggling for, for whatever reason, I'm going to go send in with my, with our mental performance coach. And they, again, that might be a five minute conversation or it might be an hour conversation, but we're going to get down to the root cause of, of why this person struggles. And that's going to be then the barrier that we break down and then build that player back up to where they need to be. For sure. That's, that's awesome to hear. And it's awesome to hear that uh, obviously in the setup you guys have, it's communication every single day because that is so important. Um, so you said that, that you have the players training about four hours a day in the afternoon. Uh, how much of that is on course training? How much of that is range time? Where do you guys kind of see the, the breakdown between those two as well? Yeah, good question. So tip on a, let's say a typical week, non-tournament week, we would do, um, so let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would be on the range and we would typically split we would split the time where I would do 90 minutes for an example, 90 minutes full swing, 90 minutes uh, bunker play. And then the remaining hour then would be with our fitness coaches and it's specific fitness training. It could be functional movement. It could be strength and conditioning. It could be uh, assessment. It could be cardio. It could be a variety of things. Um, and that would be, let's say, a typical four-hour training day. Um, the Tuesday, Thursday would be more golf course. So that's where we would – you know, we would transition more into shot shaping, um, understanding a little bit more about strategy, understanding a little bit more about, um, you know, you've got the, 
shot shaping strategy and then hitting different shots from lies and those kind of things. And we're going to play games. You know, we might play, we might play a scramble. Um, we might play a, a two-man best ball. We might play worst ball. You know, we might play their own ball and then they're going to have a short game challenge at the end of the hole to try and get it up and down. And they have to get it up and down to progress to the next level. Um, that would be, let's say, a typical non-tournament week. Uh, tournament week, you're going to what we would call pre-competition. Um, it's going to still be roughly the same in terms of layout, but a little bit more flexibility on if we feel a player needs to spend a little bit more time on the golf course we can give it to them and say, okay, this is, we'll just send them to the golf course with maybe another group or, or, or mental performance coach and say, okay, in preparation for the tournament, you're going to go with our mental performance coach. You're going to specifically work on uh, pre-shot routine and post-shot reaction. That's your goal in preparation for the tournament. Get them away from the range a little bit more and then get them more focused on hitting shots and trying to execute their their uh, their process goals while they're on the golf course you know trying to do it on a range compared to a golf course as you know is a little bit different so you've got to be able to practice that you know what you you what you do on the range compared to what you do on the golf course some people is different and essentially it should be the same right um and while we're looking at kind of the the team approach the holistic approach one thing i think that gets overlooked quite a bit in junior golf but also even in college golf I know uh, in my experience as a college golfer and as a college coach nutrition is is often overlooked quite a bit um, so looking at at the whole encompassing package how do you guys handle nutrition how do you educate your players on nutrition how big of a, a factor is that in what you guys do every day as well yeah it's it's becoming a lot more of a, a factor for us you know we're as we start to really kind of hone in on, on a lot of the other things that we've done well at the academy, nutrition is now becoming a, a very hot topic for us. You know, it's, if we're not fueling the body, it's, it's not rocket science. You're not going to perform very well. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just that simple, you know? Right. So we try and, you know, our mental, uh, sorry, our fitness coach, he'll always discuss nutrition with our, with our players. And even as coaches, you know, my background's a little bit in, sport and exercise science and you know we speak a lot about nutrition so um i'm always simple questions like i'm asking them what they had for lunch and what did they have for breakfast did they have anything for breakfast you know and it's it's we don't i wouldn't say we necessarily have a program in place i would say it's more of we're just trying to um we're trying to educate them on making the right decisions from a nutritional standpoint you know we can't force them to eat chicken broccoli and rice compared to a cheeseburger i mean you know unfortunately we can't um, we would like to you know especially as a tournament week comes up but um you know we're just trying to educate them so they can feel so they feel like they have choices to make and you know they have access to to really whatever food it is they want whether it's healthy or unhealthy you know we as an academy we do provide um healthy options every single day in, in catering um and we also provide like a smoothie bar um so if they do want to grab something a little bit more healthy for, you know, uh, for, for breakfast or even a snack during the day, they can go grab a smooth smoothie and, you know, with protein powder in it. And uh, we're even doing that now before tournaments as well. So that's an important part. And we always try and try and make sure that the players are leaving fueled, well rested and, and prepared because, you know, if you're not prepared, it's hard to be successful. Definitely. Uh, appreciate you going into some detail on kind of the, the academy, what it looks like for students who are in your program. Want to get a little bit more focused on you specifically as a teacher and a coach. Uh, talk a little bit more about 
specifically how you feel like you help your players improve, how you would kind of define your style, your approach to, to coaching and teaching, maybe some of the things that, that you kind of pride yourself on as a coach as you work with these junior players and try to help them get to that next level? Yeah, as a, as a coach and instructor, you know, I try and, to be honest, I try and keep it as simple as I possibly can. You know, I'm not, I, I feel like I've got a very good background in terms of the understanding, the swing, the biomechanics, the body motion. Um, but it's, I feel like it's my job to absorb that information and then give the player a minimal amount of, of, of information if it suits that personality. Some people, they want the information and they can handle it and they'll, they'll you know, selectively choose what they want to take in and what they don't want to take in. Um, so it's my job then to recognize that. But for the most, I try and give each student maybe one simple goal of what we're trying to achieve. And it's going to be the root cause to why things happen. It's not going to be, well, we're going to fix impact. But if you'll set up and posture a poor, that's going to be what we're going to fix. And we're going to do it properly. You know, it's, we're, not, we're not here to do it half. We're not here to do it, you know, well, I'll kind of do it this day and I won't. We're either in it or we're not. You know, it's, it's, it's time that I invest as a coach and sacrifices that we, we make as, as coaches. And it's important that the player understands that. And that's a big thing. You know, I, I do hold my players accountable and I hold them to a, to a high standard because if, if, I can get a goal, if I can get my players to simply do this one goal, then we'll be okay. It's simple, it's effective, and you're going to actually speed up the process of your development versus trying to work on something that you think you might want to work on when the reality is, you know, we want to work on setup and basic foundation, which is trying to tell that to a 15, 16-year-old boy at times isn't always easy because they're like, well, I can shoot even par and I can do this, but, you know, it might it's going to slow them down at some point in their career. So while we're young, why not just address it now? And that's something that as a coach and as an instructor that I've found a lot of success in and something that I really, really do believe in as a, as a coach. Awesome. Uh, and your daily coaching and some of the daily work that you do, how prevalent is technology for you? And what are some of the, the best pieces of technology you feel like you use on a consistent basis? Yeah, I'd say that the two... The two main parts of technology that we use is TrackMan. Um, we love to use TrackMan for a lot of it is just for speed comparison. We don't get too wrapped up in the numbers. You know, we, we all understand numbers, but perfect numbers don't result to perfect golf. Um, it's, it's helpful for a player to objectively see where they started, to see where they need to go. It kind of helps them along that process. And that's great when we can use it for that, um, you know, but we like to use the, the skill testing, uh, the combine. Uh, we use that quite a lot in like a pre-competition phase, to, especially when we're trying to transition from, let's say we've done a lot of developmental work and then we're trying to transition to more of a golf course uh, environment. Combine and skill testing is going to be something that we rely on a lot and something that we found a lot of success in. Me personally, I've been using flight scopes, TrackMan for the last five and a half years. So it's something that I, you know, I don't rely on it. It's a tool when I need it to be a tool. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not there to, to give me the information. It's, it's there to allow the player to, to see, you know, his or her pro, uh, progress. Um, other technology that we use at the academy and something that I've used again for the last five years is KVEST. Uh, KVEST is fantastic because it really helps everybody understand what's going on, especially we're going back to this team this team atmosphere, the fitness coaches can see exactly what's going on functionally. Coaches can see exactly what's going on in 
sequencing and, and body motion and you know turns tilts we can see that relate that to the swing goal of the player fitness can relate how the body moves to their fitness goals and then you know it's something that is a is a very useful tool and something again that most of the most of the players like it because they can see it you know they can see where they started and they can once you clearly explain the goals a player can kind of see over time well are they getting there you know and it's it's nice sometimes as a coach because you know if a player is getting there then you can show them put them back on you can see some of their improvements hopefully more green than red hopefully start to see the sequencing improve a little bit in terms of one two three four and you know a player then kind of gets excited and they gain confidence any player that has confidence is going to play good golf for sure uh, one thing from an instruction standpoint that I always think is difficult. And when I get the chance to talk to coaches, I always try to ask them maybe some of the methods or things that they implement to try to help the process along. But when you have a student who you've been teaching more in a range session, you're working on something that's maybe a little bit more technical. How do you try to help them transition that to the golf course without getting super technical while they're trying to play? Yeah, something that I've really learned a lot at, uh, at the academy the last sort of 18 months or so is if I've had a player that's been, let's say, developmental or we've been working heavily on technique for, let's say, two months, no tournaments, just technique, we're going to, it's, it's a, about a two-week process for us to try and get them out of that mindset into, into more of a playing mindset. Um, typically, one of the first things we'll try and do is put them on track, man try and get them to start to see more of, you know, implementing routines, um, trying to see a little bit more process orientated in terms of my routine and then allowing the outcome to come. Um, once we've done that on the range, we'll then transition to the golf course. We'll, we typically like to start them off in a scramble setting because they're on the golf course and they have to trust what they're doing without the pressure of the result. If you're in a scramble, as you know, anybody's played a scramble, there's not a lot of pressure. You can kind of go out there and and just kind of have a bit of fun. And that's really the purpose behind it because it's not necessarily an easy transition. If I go straight from range technical to now I've got to go play nine holes, qualify nine holes or compete in 18 holes and play, it just doesn't work. So the scramble is really a great way to kind of integrate more of that golf course environment so they can trust what they've done from the range and then apply it to the golf course. Uh, from there, we might do a uh, a best ball with that player they'll play that they'll play two balls and they'll simply play their best ball until they complete the hole for nine holes try and set them a target of you know it might be even par or under par depending on the the style and the and the, the level of player and then from there we will then probably play like a nine hole small qualifier or a nine hole um, event where i'm going to require as a coach i'll require them to post me a score and then it'll be an 18 hole and it's kind of a two week process. Um, and it's not an easy one. I mean, it's a hard one. It's not, it, I've made that sound very simple and it's not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're going to, you're going to fumble, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to come off. You're going to be emotional. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be upset. But by the time the two weeks is over, you should be ready to go and compete. You should be more out of that mindset of perfect swing versus okay this is my routine this is, these are my goals and my processes that i need to do or i need to accomplish on the golf course to be successful definitely uh and i think that as we talked about earlier you are trying to approach this more from a holistic standpoint it's not just instruction it's not even just 
being a golf coach, you're trying to be there for these students in their everyday life as well. Uh, and obviously you're working with students who are coming to the academy with the goal of playing golf in college. So if you don't mind touching on just how involved you are in that college process for all of your players, um, if you're involved at all, kind of what that looks like as they start to try to look into what comes next. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very daunting time for any 15, 16, 17 year old to try and enter college athletics. It's it's not easy. And there's a lot of obviously a lot of great opportunities in the States. And, you know, it's as a coach, I am and all our coaches, we're all very invested and we're all very um involved in in that process you know it's something that we don't take lightly because it's it's really the future of, of the player and it's it's important that we you know we're we're honest with the player in terms of this is roughly where where they are and if we we like to give them a timeline and this is really important for us is if a player comes in and it's at it's let's say they're at uh, grade a we want to get them through b and c but what does that timeline look like? You know, if this is, they want to go to this school, then what does that really look like? And is that player really willing to, to sacrifice? Cause they have to sacrifice and really outwork anybody else to try and get there. Some people do, some people don't, you know, but you, you know, for us, we lay that timeline out so that at least then the player understands, okay, well, if this is where I need to be, this is what I've got to do, you know? And it's, it's, I think it's great for a player because they do get to see, kind of a little bit more of, of what that looks like. Um, you know, we try and communicate with as many college coaches as possible as coaches. You know, we, we are on the phones, on emails as much as, as possible. Um, we do have a college assist, assistant program at the academy. Um, so one of our, one of the employees is able to, to help with the NCAA and a lot of the, you know, behind the scenes paperwork, that's, that's not easy. And that's very, very important. Um, and obviously making phone calls to, to college athletes, uh, to college coaches, uh, attending tournaments and, um, you know, just trying to network. It's, we, we have, again, we have a team of people behind them and um, each player to try and get them to, you know, hopefully their dreams, their dream school. And if it's not their dream school, then something that they're extremely happy with and that's something that they feel they can, they can still, you know, achieve their goals, whatever that may be. For sure. Uh, and as you talk to the players that you're working with, as you look at uh, some of the players that, that maybe you have or even just junior golfers in general compared to college golfers, uh, it's not always a black and white answer, but are there maybe a few key pieces or key components, whether that be in the golf game or maybe from a, a mental and maturity standpoint that you think are important for junior golfers to start to work on as they get prepared for college? Yeah, absolutely. I think kind of touched on it and something that I, I, I'm really big on is accountability, taking ownership of your actions. You know, to me, I don't care what age you are. You need to take ownership of your actions. It's that simple. You know, it's, it's from the things of how you react on a golf course to how you react at practice, to what you post on social media, to, to how you interact with people in restaurants. It's small, small things, but it's a massive, it's a massive life skill that you, you can't, I don't think you can develop early enough. It's, you know, it's, you look at any program, no college coach wants to have somebody that they can't trust, that they can't um, put in public and worry about them. You know, they, the, the images of universities is, is too important to have one person outstep or try and, you know, try and become bigger than a university. It's, it's always something that I preach to, to my eight players. Um, 
just being accountable and, and taking ownership. Um, also, another thing is for me is trying to help them or trying to direct them in terms of helping them find their own purpose. You know, sometimes that's not necessarily golf. That's that might be in business. It could be in um, you know friendships, anything. You know, just trying to help a player just figure it out. It's not, it's not easy. You know, as a player, I never, as a junior and player, I never really had anybody to, I would say, look up to or, or say, Oh, I want to be like that person. You know, I had a lot of influential people in my life growing up, but for me, I really want to be try and help people kind of figure it out a little bit. You know, it's for me to get to the States, it was, it was not an easy journey. And I've got my, obviously my parents to thank for it, but you know, I wish I would have started that process at 15 because I felt like it, my journey may have been a little different um, instead of starting at 18 and then being in the States 10 months later, it's a little bit of a difference. So for me, if I, you know, allowing that player to find that purpose, whatever it is, that to me is, is another big thing that I try and preach and something that I really do you know, value and, and believe in. Yeah. Um, funny that, that you would speak on that because it actually kind of tees up my next question for me. Uh, but definitely want to talk about your podcast that you got a chance to start at the end of 2018 called Define Your Purpose. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, give the listeners just a little bit of insight into that, maybe why you started it, what you hope to get out of it. And if they tune into a couple episodes, what they can expect to, to hear from you. Yeah, well, to, to answer your last question, what they're going to hear is it's going to be the truth and it's reality. I'm not, the podcast isn't, it's not going to be edited perfect. It's not going to be, you know, make you feel good. It's, it's going to, it's a, it's, it's a reality podcast. I'm going to tell you roughly from my own experiences, from my own research, roughly what you're going to expect. It's geared really towards junior development. That's from, you know, middle school, high school and, and college athletics. It's, it's going to be to enable you to be, you know, a better golfer. That's really why I'm trying to do it. You know, there's a lot of information out on golf and different things and the technique. And I don't necessarily speak about technique on the, uh, on the podcast. I speak a little bit more about, you know, some of the topics I've already done is about quality practice, what that means, what that looks like, what it, what it's like to be coachable. Um, big one for me is, is, are you, you know, are you coachable as a player? And then uh, the third one that I've got out is just a little bit about my own journey. Um, something that, and I think everybody needs to know a little bit about just my own background before you start listening to me and, and trying to invest some time. So um, I wouldn't say I've got like a necessarily tangible thing that I want to get out of it. It's, it's a hobby that I love. It's a, I love talking about golf. I've already explained it. Golf to me is a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's not a, it's not a career. It's something that I've invested in. And, you know, nine and a half years ago, I moved from England to America for golf. It's, you know, I've tried to make some pretty big sacrifices myself and for just to have the opportunity to try and help people, help youngsters, help juniors to, to be the best they can be. That's really why I've tried to do it. And like I said, to start off, I've, it's pretty real. It's not, it's pretty raw. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I got a chance to listen to the episode about purposeful practice and, and it was really good. You can take a lot out of it. Um, now we get to a part in the show that's a little bit more fun, something that we like to do to uh, kind of give a, a little break before we wrap up, but something that's going to give people a little more insight into some of you as, as a person instead of just the coach or some of the stuff we've talked about today. So this segment is called the Twilight Nine. We like to compare it to playing nine holes in the evening of the summer, trying to, to get it in as quick as possible. So I'm going to go through nine questions. I just want you to 
give me the first answer that pops into your head. Uh, and we're just going to kind of fire through them real quick. Sound good? Awesome. Awesome. So why don't we start? Uh, what's your lowest tournament score? Uh, 65. It was in Tennessee when I was at uh, UC. Nice. Uh, what's your go-to pre-round meal? Uh, definitely pasta. Love pasta. <laughs> uh, your favorite on-course snack? Probably like the, uh, the nuts and the M&Ms and the raisins, like a trail mix. Yep. Uh, I know you're big into biking, so this may not be gym, but it may be pre-ride. But what's your pump-up song before you get into the gym or before you hop on your bike? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I have a pump-up song. I have a pump-up station on Pandora, and it's like the club mix. And it just goes <laughs> on my bike, and I just, I just ride. <laughs> uh, what is the hardest or least favorite exercise that you do in the gym? Oh, uh, single, single leg uh, squats. Hate them. Uh, as a player, you get to the golf course 10 minutes before a tournament round. What do you do? Um, I would go from six feet and in on the putting green and try and make eight in a circle. Uh, what's your golf brand of choice? Uh, Callaway. What's the best movie of all time? Good one. Has to be Batman, probably Dark Knight. Nice. Uh, and then what's your favorite sports team? Uh, Man United. Nice. Football nice. team. Yeah. Knew that one. Um, <laughs> all right. So that was the Twilight Nine here on Making the Turn. Appreciate you having some fun with us, giving us some of those answers. Uh, before we let you go real quick, a couple more questions. I know we, we've touched on it quite a bit, but I just want to kind of hammer the point home. Uh, for those junior golfers who are looking to play in college, who are looking to get to that next level, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them? What would be the one thing that if they could only focus on one thing, trying to get prepared for college golf, what would you tell them to focus on? I mean, this is a pretty big thing. Um, I won't say it's very I wouldn't say it's very specific, but you've touched on it, and it's finding a team that believes in you and your dreams. By far, the biggest thing. You know, it's it doesn't matter if you've got a, the greatest swing coach in the world if you don't have a team of people that believe in your goals and that believe in in your vision it's going to be very, very difficult because you can't, you can't expect them to invest the time into you if they don't believe in you. So finding a team that really believes in you is by far one of the biggest things that I'd be looking for if I was a junior golfer. Awesome. And then where can people follow along with you at? Where can they learn more about you and your teaching, kind of follow what you're doing at the academy? Yeah, um, Twitter and Instagram at Matt Walton Golf. Uh, both of those handles at Matt Walton Golf. Um, you can find me there. Post uh, uh, quite a bit of content on Twitter, quite a bit of images on, on Instagram about me as a person and my family and my wife and my lifestyle, and as well as golf and kind of some of the things that I like to do outside of golf. So, um, kind of, I put it all out there and it's, uh, it's all good content. It's all decent. It's all clean. It's, it's good fun, you know? Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to put that in the description down below. Uh, but thanks for joining us today, Matt. I really appreciated having you on Making the Turn and best of luck with everything moving forward. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. That wraps up today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out to Matt Walden for coming on the Making the Turn podcast today. He did a great job of breaking down a day in the life at a golf academy, as well as giving us some insight into his beliefs as a holistic golf coach. He also gave us some great tips and some ideas for how he helps his golfers improve on a daily basis. If you liked what Matt had to say, please be sure to check out his Define Your Purpose podcast. You can find it in the Apple Podcast app. 
Also, please be sure to follow along with Matt on social media. I'll leave his handles down in the description box below. Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you for your continued support of Making the Turn and of Vince Drum and Golf. Can't wait to continue bringing you guys great videos. Hit that like button, share this episode with some friends, and hit the subscribe button if you're new. We're really excited that you guys are here. Can't wait to see you next week for episode 5 of Making the Turn. This is Vince Drum and Golf, and I'm out. <laughs>